0: I just want to tell you I love you. I love you, your family, and I love you. And I, I, I know even as Shauna was praying, she's talking about being hurts. There are hurts in this body, and I, I pray that God would open the eyes of His people tonight. That we would. I, I don't know about you, but I just feel like uh, the enemy kind of has had me in a stupor. Been sleeping. Spiritually, and I believe that God wants me to sound a trumpet tonight and uh, awaken the church, because I we are living so far below what God has for us. And I'm not talking about uh, the things, uh, material things like a, the house we live in or the vehicle we drive or money in the bank or anything like that. I believe that we're living below the authority level. That God is meant for us to live in. And that, that's what I want to look at tonight. Now, you all by the confession of raising your hands, you said you believe the Word of God. And I would just tell you tonight, I do too, but we, we need to start living like we believe the Word of God. Because we're. I think many of you, I'm not ratting you out, but I'm just saying by a lot of the responses, a lot of the faces I'm saying, we don't believe what this Word says. And I pray that God will let his spirit fall and you could leave here encouraged tonight. We'll start with verse 3 in 2 Corinthians 10. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That authority is in you and I. And I will tell you as a brother in Christ that that is where it starts. It starts right here. Isn't it amazing? If you've been married any length of time at all, you can uh, find yourself in a place where you're having a disagreement with your spouse and say, how in the world did we get here? How how did this happen? All I did was say, man, that's a nice looking cloud out there. And all of a sudden, you know, it's it's always something dumb like that. But I tell you that in a marriage, as the Word of God says, we're not wrestling against, uh, it is a, a spiritual wickedness. We're going to read that in Ephesians, but... If you and I could have our eyes open tonight to what's going on in the spirit around us, in the situations around us, I believe God will light a fire under our backside. And we're going to start, I, I pray to exercise the authority that if your name is in the book of life, I could tell by the show, hey, most are, you understand we have authority. Oh, we got it. We got it, sister. We got authority. And we walk around like, uh, I remember the, how many of you remember the message Pastor Joe preached on the chicken when we're supposed to be soaring like eagles because all he was just raised in this cluck cluck and and eating bird feet and eating seed from off the ground and he didn't even realize he could fly. And I think that's where the church is at. We're just looking at stuff through the wrong glasses. I do want to go to Ephesians 6. I'm going to tell you, this is going to be easier to believe if you got it. If you got your word with you, it tells me you believe this. And everybody said, (laughs) look, this is our lifeline. This is our lifeline. We got to believe this. We have to spend time in it. Look what the word of God says. Finally, verse 10 says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you... Do you see those next three words? You may be able. God has a way. He's given us something when all this stuff comes. Because I I promise you, if you've not... I I thank God we're out of the teenage years with our kids. The baby's 31. It's a wonderful time of life, is it not? We learned this. We earned it. But the next generation's coming. And I tell you that even when they hit the crazy years, and all of them do, as we did, right? Mom told me I was the kind she wouldn't allow hers to run around with. We all go through that stuff. Listen, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. It's not. It's it is even in your kids, your parents. Your work, your wherever it's at, you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. It's spiritual wickedness. Said but he said, if you will put on the whole armor of God, you're going to be able to stand against the wiles or the trickery of the devil. And he's got plenty of it, does he not? He said for verse twelve says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Your your problem is not your boss, your employee, your your spouse, your your money, your health, whatever it is, it's not our problem. It's it's spiritual. It's We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Here it is again, that you may be able to withstand and in the evil day, and having done all to stand... being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. This is the armor of God. He said, you put it on and you'll be able to stand. Now I, I, I believe from uh, in shooting from the hip. I like people that shoot from the hip. I want to hear it straight. I don't want it sugar coated. I want to just hear it like it is. I, I did till last week when I went, uh, I had to uh, I, I start another job and I get this. I had to go to uh, BCI downtown get the background check and all that done. And I got uh, on the on the information that you fill out. Uh, it it wants your your height and your weight and, and all that stuff. I didn't have a. I didn't fill anything out because I, I didn't said I don't know if I need to do that in the presence of someone or I just fill this out. She goes, No, go ahead and fill it out. So she was sitting there waiting. I went ahead and filled it out. Said, height, uh, weight, field, Ellen, uh color. Of eyes brown. Color of hair. I said. She said. I said on my license it says brown. I said, I know it's kind of, it's kind of salt and pepper. I said, but she said it's gray. <laughs> I said, thank you. She was shooting from the hip. She was just calling it like it is. That's what I'm doing. I'm just calling it like it is. God says. If you, if you, she went to Dick Gebhardt's school attack and graduated with honors. If you and I will do what this word says, he said, we'll be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. And I'm telling you as a brother in Christ, it is not what happens to us that's devastating. It's what we do with it. It's this part. It's from this part up that is the problem. When things come our way. How many times has a little nothing turned into a wildfire? All because we did not do what the Word of God says: you cast out imagination down. Because if you don't, oh my gosh, isn't it not amazing how fast it'll grow? And the enemy will sit right there on your shoulder and he'll feed it for you. No matter no matter what's going on in your body, the devil tells you you're going to die. Does he tell you any different? And he tells me. Find something new in your body. You're going to die. Oh, that's deep. Are we not all going to die? That is not exactly splitting atoms. We're all going to die. It's appointed unto man once to die. But look, there's some keys. 2 Timothy 2, verse 1 says, You therefore, my son, Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You must therefore endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Listen to this. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him. Who enlisted him as a soldier. That is one you need to commit to memory. said, N- if you and I will engage ourselves in a warfare that God has for us, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, he said, you ain't going to be in the mess that's out there. Because all you're going to be worrying about is pleasing him who called you and I to be soldiers in his army. And yet, what do we do? The Word of God says, love not this world, nor the things of the world. And we find ourselves doing it. We find ourselves uh, wanting more. I told you before, there's there's a lot of things I didn't even know I needed until someone else had them. Never done that, have you? Isn't this flesh awful? There's nothing we even, really, most of us really need until we see someone else have it. If we're fighting against spiritual wickedness. We got to walk in the spirit. We have to operate in the spirit. We do. We do. Janie. Shirley's daughter. We pray for. Maddie. A young girl with cancer. Pray for her. gweed cancer pray for him a girl named janice pray for her i told maddie last time she was up here at the altar i said sweetheart i pray for you every day i don't tell you that to, to toot my horn i tell you that because i pray for you every day and i had to remind myself and i said i have found a way the best way for me to be reminded to pray for you i put your name on my refrigerator door Because I make a lot of trips there during the day. And every time I go to that refrigerator door, I pray for Maddie, pray for Janice, pray for Janie, pray for Gweed. Many times a day. I would encourage you, if you're like me, you like stuff that's in that refrigerator, put yourself a little dry eraser up there and put names of people that need prayer. Because it it does no good to tell someone you're going to pray for them if you don't pray for them. But I'm telling you, and when we pray, we have great authority. The Word of God says we have been given authority. And it's time, it is time for us to walk in it. Uh, Matthew 12. He, Jesus, this whole Word tells us, gives us instructions on how to do it. In Matthew 12, verse 43, Jesus says, When an unclean spirit... "...goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I'll return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation." why the Word of God says it had been better for you not to have even known it all than to know and then turn away. Because there's more spirits coming in. These unclean spirits. There's, the Word of God tells us all about the spirits that we battle. 2 Timothy seven says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. And you find yourself scared all the time? That's a spirit. That's a spirit said, but of love and power and of a sound mind. Because one thing I've noticed is if fear comes, a sound mind goes. We start thinking irrationally. And all of a sudden, we got our arm around the devil like we're best friends with him. We're, we're agreeing with him when he tells us we're going to die. We're agreeing with him when he tells us nothing's ever going to be right. We agree with him says, if you would have just done this, if you wouldn't have done that. Oh, my gosh. We've been given authority over him. You need to ask God. You got things, if you're here and you ain't got any battles, you better sit tight because they're coming. It's just, it's life being born again. There's going to be battles. But I believe we take so many hits and so many defeats because we don't do it God's way. He said, I'm giving you all the things you need so that you're going to be able to stand. Isn't that comforting? He said everything you need for this war, I'm giving you. You've got it. We won't use it. We won't use it. We're a, we are weirdos. Not nice word. That's a '70s word. Yeah, well, a child of the '70s. Mark one. Start with verse 23. Now there was a man in there. You see that next word? That's, that's church. There was a man in their church with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. They were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority, he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. Oh, yes, they do. And guess what? They do you and I too. They have to. But there are some real keys. Uh, go, go to Mark 5. Verse 1 says, Then they came the other side of the sea to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been plucked apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. We think that's a new thing. Cutting is not new. And he saw Jesus from afar. He he ran and worshipped him, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I... To do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God, I implore you by God that you do not torment me. And he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. He spoke to the spirit. Come out of the man, unclean spirit. And he asked him, What's your name? And he answered saying, My name's Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now, a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out, entered the swine. There were about two thousand. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what what it was that had happened. Amazing. Then they came to Jesus. They saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Please. Now they're afraid. <laughs> are you are you serious? It's what happens when the Spirit of God moves. Listen, I, I won't tell, I'll challenge you as a brother. If you and I will let the Spirit of God move and have His way here and start touching people and doing works in people's lives, there are going to be some who will talk and they're going to be afraid. I, said, oh, I, don't, I don't know about them out there. You know they're they're kind of crazy. And I always say that about Uncle Marv. Uncle Marv was a drunk, one of many in our family. Miraculously saved, delivered from alcohol. So instead of having a beers, we uh, leave mass and go over to Grandma and Grandpa's after church. Instead of a beer, Uncle Marv had a Bible. And they said, he's crazy he's he's nuts he's going off the deep end that man would looked at this young boy in high school and i'll never forget it like it was yesterday he said bruce you must be born again to enter the gates of heaven and i'm telling you that never left me and i thought to myself they can say what they want about this man well whatever he's got if he's got a problem we all need problems Because he looks pretty darn good for having problems. Someone needs to tell him he's got a problem because he don't know it. He understood the authority that was in the Word of God. He did. He understood that that Word would not return void. He breathed life into me. He breathed the Word into me. I'm thankful for Uncle Marv. Someone who would be the first one in the family to step out of Catholicism and say, Hey, there's there's the real answer. It's Jesus Christ. Led my grandpa to the Lord while grandpa was on his deathbed. Didn't know that for years and years and years. We had a tent revival down in South Angel one time. And Uncle Marv's wife came there and she said, hey, is that Lily? I said, I think it is. So we started talking about uh, the family and everything. I got to preach. She just happened to come. I was preaching that night. She said, you look just like your Uncle Marv up there preaching. She said, you knew about your grandpa, didn't you? So what are you talking about? You know your grandpa got saved before he died. Said, grandpa Bolier? She goes, oh, yeah. He didn't love with God. He said, said, so your Uncle Marv led him to the Lord. said, so, the, so we never heard that side of it. So when afterwards she said, oh, yeah, he said, you're. He say, Uncle, he said, Marv, said, bring the word back here. Read me the word. And one of the other kids say, uh, Dad's hallucinating. You better give him a beer. Grandpa said, yeah, you bring that beer back here. You bring them cigarettes back here too. He said, we'll get rid of both of them in the same place. He said, I found the answer and it's Christ. It's Christ. Well, that was hard for Uncle Marv. But Uncle Marv knew the authority that had been given to him. And you and I need to walk in that authority. We need to start telling people. Over there, where I was uh, working before at Meridian, there was a lady there. Her name's Myrtle. How old's Myrtle, Shauna? Ninety-one. Uh, Myrtle has a, a, a unique a unique way about her. I I loved the woman. Uh, everywhere, you didn't matter how many times a day you walked by her, she'd be out there in the common area or the cafeteria area, and her she got one thing she would say to you, "Hey, you." That's all we'd say. Hey, you. And one day I was out there, and there was a a guy preaching. They were having a service over in the other part. And I noticed Myrtle wasn't, she wasn't over there with them. And she said, hey, you, naturally. I said, what, sweetheart? She said, what are they doing over there? I said, well, they're having service. You want me to take you over there? And she goes, no. I said, how are you doing today? She said, not good. I said, why? said, I don't feel good. I said, is it okay if I pray for you, Myrtle? She said, yes. So I, I prayed for her. And as I was praying, God said, ask her. Ask her. I said, Myrtle? I said, Myrtle, you ever thought about where you're going when you die? Oh No. I said, why not? I don't believe none. I don't even believe in God. I said, well, I want to tell you, he believes in you. As a matter of fact, he believes in you so much that he gave his son to die for you. And if you would turn your life over to him, your name would be written in his book of life. And when you die, you'd spend eternity with him if you would just surrender your life to Christ. I said, you think you want to do that? She started going, she was dozing off. I knew the spirit of slumber was all over her. I said, Myrtle! I said, do you want to pray and receive Christ? She said, yes, I do. And she did. I said, Myrtle, you can take this date and you can write it down. This is a date Myrtle Brick's name was written in heaven. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and angels are rejoicing. Ninety-one years old, God waited for her. Listen, that's the authority we have. We have that authority. That's says, "I'm putting you place. I want you to speak my words." We speak His words. Jesus said, "The words I speak unto you, their spirit and their life." It's like Uncle Marvin saying, "You must be born again." That's the word of God. You speak the word of God into people's lives. Speak it. We have the authority. We we need to quit cowering down. I love what Mary Perry said. That from long, remember when she came, she said three words I'll never forget. Grow a spine. We need to quit being such chickens. Pray for boldness. The righteous are bold as a lion. But the wicked flee when no one pursues them. We're supposed to be bold as a lion. Turn to Mark 9. I love God's Word. We were reading in Sunday school this morning. We're going through the book of Romans. We're in the ninth chapter. You understand that God has made us Vessels of mercy. Us. You and I, that's what we're supposed to be. Vessels of mercy. We're supposed to love mercy. Do justly love mercy and to walk humbly before thy God. Their people need to hear just like you and I did. Starting with seventeen. In Mark nine. Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute or a dumb spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples and they that they should cast it out. But they could not. He answered them and said, O oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when they saw him, Immediately the spirit convulsed, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. Now, you imagine seeing that happen to one of your kids? And we've we've lost a son to leukemia. But I cannot imagine watching one of your kids being demon-possessed and convulsing and foaming at the mouth. That'd be hard. That would be hard to watch. And often he's thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out. He said with tears, Lord, I believe it. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, came out of him, and he became as one dead. So that many said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, His disciples asked Him privately, Hey, what the heck? How come we couldn't do that? So He said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Again, He spoke to the Spirit. Now, I'm just telling you, this might rattle your theology. But there is no way you can bind a spirit silently. You cannot. You can will it. You can nod you can furrow your eyebrows. You can get as intense as you want, but that spirit cannot read your mind. Must obey your voice, but cannot read your mind. Cannot read your mind. Well, that's just not me. Well, then go on in life being troubled. Because I, I tell you, no matter how spiritual you think you are, you cannot bind a spirit without speaking to it. You cannot. You must. You see it happening in your kids. You better be binding those spirits. I bind the spirit of rebellion in the name of Jesus, for the spirit of rebellion is the sin of, is like the sin of witchcraft. It tells us right. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is idolatry. I bind the spirit of stubbornness in the name of Jesus. You and I have been given authority to do that. You, most of you raised your hands, everyone I could see. You're a child or a daughter, uh, a son or daughter of the Most High God. You have been given that authority. And so what do we do? We just we just, just tell, find someone let's complain about it. No, the problem isn't what's going on inside that womb. The problem is what's going on inside the head. That's the problem. That's what the enemy does. He comes and he's relentless. And he doesn't stop there. He knows if that if that imagination is not taken care of, that it'll catch fire and pretty soon he'll be on fire. And next, it'll sweep through the whole pew if it's not dealt with. It has to be put. And we've been given authority to do it. We, He said, I'm giving you everything that you need so that you may be able to stand against all the wiles, all the trickery of the devil. You and I, I saw the hands. That's you, that's me. It's in us. We have the authority. God said, I'm going to lead you by my spirit. I'll show you how to do it. Look, i got an instruction manual for you. I'll show you how to do it. And I'll lead you with my spirit. He said, I want it for you. How can we lose? How can we lose? Do you believe the word of God? I'm asking you again. Do you believe it? But then this works. Our son did die. He died in our arms. That's six years old. But I'm telling you, we still weren't wrestling against flesh and blood. It was so obvious. The enemy will blow his cover. Oh, he'll come. Count on it. The enemy will come. I sat in a pew no farther than that, away from that casket. The enemy said, You're done. You're done. I took your testimony. You're done. You're washed up. Because that was that's what I told everyone. I'm going to take this. God, if you will touch him, I'll take him everywhere, every tent revival, every camp meeting I know of. I'm going to take him. Look at God's healing power. The enemy said, you're done. Oh, I remember saying it. Never, right as I sat there in that pew in his funeral, I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I'm going to serve God till I die. You can't stop that. And guess what? Me and me and that son there, someday we get to watch a real treat. We, we get to watch an angel. God doesn't even do it himself. He sends an angel. And he's going to take you by the scruff of the collar and throw you into a bottomless pit. You'll be there a thousand years. Enjoy your stay. I told him. I said, at that at that time when that happens, I will. I don't know what you're going to do, but I promise I will stand and go. It's beautiful. It's not beautiful. Have a nice trip next fall. We've been given authority. It's what he does with the mind. You understand the enemy does not play fair. Oh, he, he will come through people you are close to. He, he hits below the belt. And when you're down, he doesn't say, back off. When you're down, he says, send more. That's the way he operates. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But aren't you glad that God says, I'm giving you everything so that you're going to be able to stand against the one who comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He said, matter of fact, he said, greater is the one that's in you than the one that's in the world. Greater. Greater. I'm telling you, brother Ed. It's the imaginations that come with it. Is it not, Gweed? It's what comes with it. No, it's not a good prognosis. None of the ones I mentioned are. But it's what comes with it. It's the imagination. It's this is the war right here. Say, God, for every one of them, I pray. God, you touch them. I bind that spirit of infirmity in them in the name of Jesus. I pray. Give them peace that passes understanding. Take this thing and use it for your glory. And I can tell you do. I tell people about you. Because every one of us at one time or another are going to have to say like Job did, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. We have to. God is so good. While I sat there and the enemies feed me full of, All of his malarkey. My sister's getting saved. Oh, God is so good. So good. And it didn't stop there. You look in that pew. That pew is a result of a little casket about this big. And Denny. How many of you knew Denny? Oh, my Lord. What a treat. What a treat. Can I tell? Lived a homosexual lifestyle. Lenny's brother. Contracted AIDS. But found Christ. He was only about that big around, but he found Christ. I can still see him walking over there in the old sanctuary with Bobby Monette. Holding hands, just walking around praising God. Both of them sick. One with cancer and one with AIDS. I remember going to visit Denny. At the infectious ward of the Ohio State. This guy was amazing. He went back to his former lovers and led them to Christ. He said, I got great news for you guys. We weren't born this way. Oh, he was walking in the authority. He was walking in the authority. He knew he'd been given. Led former lovers to Christ. Oh, I had to take advantage of the situation. I said, Danny, this will probably be the last time I see you. I want to ask you a favor. He said, what's that? I said, when you get to heaven, you find He said, I will. He said, he'll be the first one I look up. He said, what's he look like? I said, he looks like me. you find him. He said, what well, do you want me to tell him? I said, you tell him we're coming. You tell him we're all coming. Mom and dad and brothers and sister, tell him we're coming. What the enemy is intended for evil, all it's it's been for me is a catalyst. No, no, I'm going to serve my God. He would have been all right if he wouldn't have said. Your testimony's over. That's a wrong thing to say to someone raised on Eastman Street. There's still enough Eastman Street left in me. You might say the neck is a little red. Luke 10. We, listen, this defeatist attitude in the church has got to go. It, it, it's got to. I worked with this guy. He just got back from Vietnam. And uh, he was probably four or five years older than me. He was in the 101st Airborne, and he, just, he thought he was uh, God's gift to the United States. And so he thought he didn't have to work when he'd come on the job, and he just aggravated the life out of me. And uh, a, a time or two, he was a big guy, you know, and he, th- he threatened one time, you know, he was, he was going to hurt me. I said, I want to tell you what, you're big enough, you probably could, but I will tell you what, you will know I've been there. You're going, you're going to have to answer some questions to some people. He said, like what? I said, like, where'd you get that black eye? I says I promise you, you may get me, but you if I had to grab a two before, I'm going to hurt you real bad, and you will not do that more than once. And the church needs that. The church needs that. That's what we need to be doing to the enemy, not each other. Because I promise you, whoever your problem is is not here in the church. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. It's the enemy working, trying to cause division. Paul says, Man, there's divisions among you just because you're carnal. Luke 10, start with verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. 70. That's, that's not the 12. People say, Oh, some people say, Oh, that stuff stopped with the disciple.'" The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over. Yeah, thank you. All the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. That the spirits are subject to you, but rather Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. I realize he's saying the emphasis has got to be that we're happy because our names are written in heaven. Are you happy because your name's written in heaven? I am too. But I'll tell you what. I'm also happy because the spirits are subject to me. He said, I've I've given you, if your name is in the book of life, I've given you authority over all the power of the devil. You and I, when we go home, need to get in that bathroom or wherever there's a mirror is and say, you've been given authority over all the power of the devil. Now, look like it. Walk like it. Live in it. Not without resistance. There's going to be resistance. We read about it in Zechariah. Joshua the high priest is standing there in the presence of God and in His right hand, Satan is there to resist Him. Satan. It, you know, it's it's funny. That word resist, if you look it up in Hebrew, it's spelled S-A-T-A-N. Resist. Because that's what the enemy does. He resists us. You say, yeah, that's what... We, we need to pray. We need to. And all of a sudden, how many times have you said, Yeah, I'm going to pray when I get home and I'm going to. And you're. Dear Lord, I just. And you're going, Great intentions, but been there. You know why? It's a spirit of slumber. Because we've been given authority over all the power of the devil. What's that leave out? It's all. All the power of the devil. That thing that's going on in your life. Turn to Matthew 18. Verse 18 says, Assuredly, this is Jesus talking, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth, Concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. So just agree. Agree. How do you agree? How is Lenny going to know what is on my heart if I don't tell him? Lenny cannot read my mind. Lenny has been made in the image of God. Now what the Word of God says? And yet he cannot read my mind. So I have to tell him. I've got to tell him so that he can agree with me. So when the spirits come and they badger you, you have to tell them. This ain't about a volume thing. I'm naturally a big mouth. It's it's not about being loud. You can bind a spirit if you whisper to it. Because at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. But it's got to be with the mouth. Because it tells us in Proverbs 18, 21, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Life is. I can bind spirits in Joe Martin's life. I can. Pretty cool, would not it? God said, I'm giving you authority to do that. I combine spirits in Tommy Kuzma's life. I can. I can. Now, if I can, what about me and Rob together? Because if one chases a thousand, and two chase ten thousand, are you seeing why the enemy comes and he tries to cause division? If he can get us at each other. Oh, my. We need to have our eyes open tonight. Say, God, you put the eye salve on. You open our eyes so I'm seeing with your eyes. I want to see with your eyes, God. It's not flesh and blood. Kim, it's not flesh and blood. It's spiritual wickedness in high places. I don't know what's going to become of little Olivia. I don't know. I cannot see in the future. But I do know one thing. The spirit of fear is not from your father in heaven. Not your father. He, Your own father wouldn't talk to you like that. I've known Lenny, I don't know how many years now. 30? Let's hope so, because Jason's 31. <laughs> Long time. Never talked that way to Jessica. Ever. Not once. And I'm telling you, that is a great metaphor because our father does not talk like that to us. No father in their right mind goes around scaring their kids. So our father in heaven says, I'm not giving you a spirit of fear. That's not for me. I don't do that. I'm giving you a power, a spirit of love and power and a sound mind. That's what I'm giving you that I'm, I'm giving you everything you need to stand against the wiles of the devil. I'm giving it to you. He said, but there's one thing you got to do. you got to speak. you got to open your mouth. No one gossips silently. Hello? We don't. we got something. I, I'm going to tell you what. I, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. Every time somebody says that to me, I want to say, you ain't got a lot to spare. You better hang on to it. We don't need to be given a piece of our mind. We need to be coming together. We need to be praying. We need to be binding spirits. I wonder what would happen if this church would bind spirits in President Obama's life. I wonder what would happen if we would speak to those spirits and we would quit gossiping and talking about him. I wonder what would happen if we would pray more than we would talk about it. Have you ever wondered that? Nebuchadnezzar was kind of out there. You remember him? Read in Daniel. He was out there. That's amazing about what happens to you, how just growing claws like like some wild animal and eating grass will change a, a heart. He ended up getting right with God. He does. He did. Listen. You and I have been given authority. I encourage you tonight as a brother in Christ. You exercise the authority. You take your voice. And you speak to a spirit. If it's a spirit of depression. I bind you in the name of Jesus. You foul spirit. I've been given authority over you. God's, God's given me a sound mind. A sound mind. Aren't you glad to have a sound mind? I'm done. I'm done. I pray God speaks to your heart. I pray you exercise that authority. Speak to those spirits, Debbie. You speak to those spirits in Bobby's life. You speak to them. You ask God what they are. Spirit of God lives inside of you. He'll show you. So what is it, God? Is it a spirit of rebellion? Is it pride? I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I know he won't keep it hidden from you. He'll tell you. Watch what happens. I'm going to bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. Every time he comes in, I'm casting down that imagination in the name of Jesus. I'm not believing it. That's not for my Father in heaven. Speak life. Speak life into those situations. This ain't mind over matter. This is just doing what the Word of God says. Speak to him. Are you tired of the enemy just kicking you around, saying, how'd that feel? How about this and then? You like that? That's what he does, does he not? If we let him. But I'm telling you, one day, the church of Jesus Christ has got to rise up. I don't care if it's crippled, you know. Bring it on. I might be hurt. Bring it on. You're going to know I've been there. Because greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. You got some music to put on back there? Hey, if you're here, I don't know if every hand went up. So I always have to give the opportunity if you're here and you don't know Christ, you can. You can know Him. Because if you're here and you don't know Him, you're, you're fighting a losing battle. You're just beating the wind. Because you have no authority over all the stuff that's going on in your life. But if your name is written in the book of life, you do have authority. It's no wonder this gospel is called good news. We've been given authority over all the power of the devil. If it's in your health, your finances, your your marriage, your child rearing, your job, whatever. Start binding those spirits. Start doing it. If you've got a spouse, you grab their hand and say, let's agree together. Because if any two of you agree together, it's touching this. Jesus, it's going to be done for you. I'm going to ask you now, same thing I asked you at the beginning of service. Do you believe the Word of God? Do you believe it? Do you believe God is able to do that? Let's start living like we believe it. We just need to start living like we believe it. The altar's open. Got some music to put on you. Go ahead. I don't believe in fancy altar calls. I don't believe in begging anyone. If, if this has hit you and you know you need to start talking to spirits, get up here and talk to them. Talk to